don't have my mic, so I'm going to crack my beer into my headphones. That's a visual. It's like I'm, I'm listening for the beer. Welcome in. <laughs> no punts allowed. Paige, Adam, we are back. We are cracking beers in ears. Um, I, I don't know what that sounded like. Again, I am micless today. Little story behind the mic. A child took it out of my backpack. Um, Your child. Maybe the, my, my Yeah, no, a random child. <laughs> my, my, my child uh, took it out of a backpack. So I am micless. Thank you, child. I don't know which one. I have an idea. I will not throw said child under the bus. But we are back. <laughs> and um, it starts. Like, bowl season starts. So I, I want to open up. I have – I love – this first Saturday of bowl season. Normally, uh, we don't really work it per se, right? We're kind of like, no. this is sort of a breath. So yes. what I usually do is I drink Bailey's and wrap Christmas presents oh. and bet on these bowl games. So historically, I've always loved this Saturday. And I have to say, Paige, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a football degenerate, but I am. Like, I really like the early bowl games. And we'll talk about them. We have picks and pints. But yes. I'm... I love these early slate of games because I think there's a, there's some more fun teams involved, UTSA and BYU and just teams that like Oregon state, Utah state, like great storylines, San Diego state with the punt God. But his, I just love this week because it's like holidays in full effect, yes. wrapping gifts, drinking Bailey's watching football. That's the schedule. Mm-hmm. I think this weekend. You know what's so interesting about this is, so I obviously, my job is to plan content for this, for college football season, and in the last two years, we haven't really had a, like, normal, um, like, bowl season, just because, like, two years ago, the way that New Year's and, like, the New Year's bowls happened, it was a little bit different, and then last year, obviously, we had COVID and things like that, so it's definitely different. Um, now having it back to like semi normal. Um, and I, I legitimately can't wait. I, um, will be in Park City, Utah this weekend for a 30th birthday party. Oh boy. Um, but the whole group that I am with certainly knows that this is going to be a very, very, uh, big weekend to watch some football and mix that in with our, um, our snow outings. Um, the other thing happening this weekend that I briefly want to mention that is not a college football thing is that Tiger Woods is playing golf. On TV, I know with Charlie Woods. I know. I, I'm like, I'm anxious. No, I'm a- I'm anxious. I'm excited. I want to see. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of like, there's a lot of sporty stuff happening now. You've got NFL games on Saturday. Yes, on Saturdays. Um, we we hope, by the way, and I will say, like, just you see the COVID numbers going up in the NFL page. Like, I yes. hope college football is Ball ready for is this. Protected protect bowl games at all costs can protect the playoff games at all costs. It just seems like it's going to be a thing. I certainly hope it's not a thing, but I have, I can't help, um, uh, but have eyes on it. But a thing that happened last weekend, we'll talk about these week, this weekend's bowl games, Bryce Young won the Heisman and he yes. did so pretty convincingly now. Okay. A little bit of a rant. We keep, I, I see people keep comparing this season and the voting output to Joe Burrow. Like that just seems lazy. Like, Joe Burrow's season at LSU was nuts. Bryce Young was incredible and had a single-game performance, frankly, in the regular against Georgia that maybe Joe Burrow didn't have. Like, Joe Burrow was just constantly dominant. That Georgia performance was overwhelming. Bryce Young was incredible. I don't want to take anything away from Bryce Young, but I also don't think we have to compare it to, like, another season, like, automatically. Like, oh, wow, it was dominant. Joe Burrow. No. No, no, no. Joe Burrow was, like – 
was just the most overwhelming season I have ever seen. And Bryce Young was wonderful and specifically spectacular in this one game. Let's we don't have to find a comparison for everything we see. We could just appreciate things for what they are. Okay, I'm sorry, rant over. I'm glad that you said something about we don't have to use comparisons because I literally hate pro player comparisons for everything. That's my number one pet peeve in sports. So of course we do it, but it's like yes. people love it, but I can't stand it. But I will say the Joe Burrow thing too was like Bryce Young came from um, modern day and is a five-star recruit and was supposed to be in this position. Joe Burrow was not in that position, transferred, and also was had literally one of the like biggest rebounds in terms of like a season that you could possibly have and also it was because he was playing an offense he'd grown up playing and was able to they like basically built their offense well not around his abilities but it catered to his abilities and that's sort of what made him be successful um and like you said it was a dominant season it it was now I will say one thing like people are ripping on Bryce Young for talking about what he's had to overcome and, and they see the recruiting ranking and everything else. And, like, I, we did a story on this and yes. talking to his dad. And, like, his height was a problem, like, pretty much his entire life up until, like, the last three months of his recruiting cycle. Yeah. Like, it, like and he was amazing. So I don't think, you know, Bryce Young can only tell us what he feels, right? And so people are like, oh, yeah, five-star prospect, like, generational talent. Like, I'm cool with that. But it doesn't mean the dude's seen some shit. And I remember talking yeah. to his dad, like trying to get him on the field, people wanting him to change positions. Like the path was real. So I'm I'm ranting all over the place about the Heisman. I what I, I I'll say this. I was encouraged to see Hutchinson finish second. Um Bryce Young should have won. Will Anderson not being there pissed me off. He was incredible this year for Alabama. I don't have a ton of problems with any of it other than I want a defensive player to win and maybe Will Anderson, like I'm going to campaign for that next year aggressively. Yeah. Like this, that should be the year. I thought it was a little unfair that Kenneth Walker was not there just because I do think he dominated for most of the year. It wasn't like just because his team wasn't fully successful doesn't mean that he wasn't one of the best players in college football season. So I think that also is, is tough. It, it's a weird, it's a weird word because that we have, we use the phrase Heisman moment and it's like, it shouldn't be about a single moment. Like, yes, I understand Correct. that that's like, gives them the edge but like we put so much emphasis on like the end of the season in that moment instead of it being like all year long so maybe one day it'll change but I agree I thought Bryce should have won um I think he like you said I don't think people need to be like hating on him for saying that he's had to overcome things we all have to overcome things I don't think they should compare it to Joe Burrow at all because it's very different Um, ranting all over the place let's go yes but but and like I I, everyone knows I'm like the biggest Joe Burrow homer of all time um that was a thing um so I I didn't see that comparison I'm glad that I didn't because I would have definitely tweeted about it by the way last thing the production is stale the Heisman is stale they need to really revamp how they market that award the, Were you not uncomfortable thing, with the like I, the three other Heisman guys like talking to them and like leaning in? I was like, "What is happening? What's I, going I, on?" I, I turned it off. I was very uncomfortable, <laughs> and I just find it boring. And I knew it was going to happen if there's no drama. And I say this as someone that loves the sport and covers the sport. Like I, I could not watch. Like and I, the, the produ- I, I love the people involved in that production. Like they oh do gosh, great yes. jobs, but just the Heisman in general needs to get with it. Like, all of it. Like, the voting, yeah. the way they can't talk about the voting. Like, it's just so stupid. Like, come on. Just embrace 
what it is and what it's not. Now, let's go embrace the idea of Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. Yes. Yes. I. You are our resident Spencer Rattler expert, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what were your <laughs> thoughts on this? I was so excited for him because I think it's an excellent opportunity. I also think it's a great place, a great culture, and – he brought a fellow teammate with him. Like, yeah, I just think one. it was a very cool decision, and I'm glad he made it now. Because I, I also, like, we'll talk more about transfer portal stuff, but I, I do think it's, like, excellent that he did this so that other kids can make their decision about where they want to go and all of the things. Um, I don't think he'll get an exemption and be able to do it, but you never know these days. Um but I think it's great. I think it's a great move. I think, you know, in terms of draft stock, I really didn't think he was going to transfer. I think if Lincoln stayed there, I really did not think he was going to transfer just based on, like, how people would view – how people view transfers these days um, and the, like, selfish nature that people tend to discuss when, when talking about it, even though coaches leave all the time. But um, but I digress. Um, but I would say that, like, I think he's in a great situation. I think it's only going to benefit him. And – um, I think it's funny that Lincoln Riley was afraid of the SEC, but Spencer Rattler is not. Shout out Shane Beaver, <laughs> by the way. Jesus. I mean, like, clearly right? there's a relationship and there's a comfort here, yes, from- which I think is great. Like, given how turbulent this year was, I think going to a place where they're going to love you for being there. They ain't going to boo you. Yes. They ain't going to ask for your backup. Like, nope. this is one of the most important players South Carolina has ever gotten. Like, truly. Other than, like, Jadavian mm-hmm. Clowney, right? Like, there, yeah. This is a list of people, and he brings in a really comfortable, like really good weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think it's cool. I think it's, and you mentioned it too. We'll talk about it. Like there is a logjam of quarterbacks here that are going to probably not all of it's going to work out. Actually, the way the transfer, yeah, no, I'm going to rant about this later. The way it's going, it feels NFL drafty. He made his decision early. Were you surprised at all? He didn't. Arizona was not involved. Arizona schools, I should say. No, because I knew Arizona State's quarterback was coming back, and I knew he wasn't going to go to uh, University of Arizona. So I knew if, if he was going to an Arizona school, it would have been ASU. I think if ASU's um, quarterback had left, then I think it would have been a different story. But I agree. I, I, I also think, too, like having, like you mentioned, like Beamer was at Oklahoma before and has that relationship with him. So I think that's a huge like thing to have that like comfort of knowing like you can trust this person like you've one they probably were part of your re- recruiting process and were there and know your strengths and weaknesses already it's not like a, a new place where you can't really trust what coaches say because right now it's like how do you even know where to go at this point yeah. I would be very confused if I was a recruit um and this is a, a place where you can trust and and be sort of feel safe with your decision, but also you're going to play high caliber against high caliber teams. And that's amazing for your draft stock. 100%. Let's, let's talk different. Well, let's see rival team, same position, uh, superstar mullet man, quarterback Quinn Ewers, Texas. Oh my God. Texas is back. The recruiting class is good. I'm <laughs> no. sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. I can't even say it with a straight face, but <laughs> we have shit on Steve Sarkeesian for a couple of months. He lands a what people believe is a superstar quarterback. I don't have the class rankings in front of me. I'm so tired of recruiting. We'll talk about that in a minute. But but Texas is doing a good job. But they they land the blonde mullet man, and we don't know how good he's going to be. But we do know he was what the number one player in the class was at Ohio State. 
CJ Stroud is there. He said, thanks for the NIL money, but I'm out of here. And now to Texas. Paige, I think this is a huge deal because symbolically, maybe more so than the talent, but symbolically, Steve Sarkeesian needed a win. Like he needed a win. And now all of a sudden you look at their offensive line class, which has come together. Like this is massive for him at a time where he absolutely desperately needed it. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I think it's a great move. I think it's hilarious that this is like definitely a business decision because part of why he left school early and was in at Ohio state was because like he couldn't make NIL money in Texas based on like all of the stuff going on in the legislation. And now he's back. So I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but it's kind of entertaining to see how, like, the those sort of decisions have changed. Um, but this also wasn't, like, a huge surprise. Like, I think no. when we found, everyone saw Spencer, everyone was like, oh, okay. And also, I, I didn't think that Spencer was going to make his decision this quickly. Um, but it was interesting to see that Quinn, I mean, everyone was like, oh, we figured this was sort of happening. Once he said that he was leaving, it was sort of like, okay, he's going to go back home. Um, it's committed there before. Yes. Yeah, it is a big deal. But I, I, I mean, like you said, Texas recruiting classes, I think in, is like number six in the country right I now. I suppose as it I stands. should pull this up if we're going to talk about recruiting. I think it's um, number six. I think they were six on in our rankings that we published today on Bleacher Report. So, um, so please go check those out. <laughs> Just a shameless plug there. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, it makes me a little nervous though that like he has some good talent um, coming in because I feel like he has had a lot of talent um, there for a bit. Um, I know it takes time to implement that culture yourself and it's, you know, new for him, but there's been talent at Texas. So there's, I just just think to stabilize, right? This is a symbol of stabilization. It almost stops the bleeding. Well, it does. And if you're a wide receiver or skill position player or an offensive line, which your class is strong in, like you got a couple of years of this dude. Yes. Now again, we we've never seen him play, which is kind of well, funny. The but we think it's o- good. Yeah, I, I think the the other part um, is that they are going to the SEC. Not to yes. say that this kid's going to be around forever, but like because they're like, oh, it's not going to happen overnight. I'm sure it happens in a year or two. Yes. Um, and he is also going to get to play against that competition, so I think that does help in terms of draft stock, who you're playing against, all those things. I think a lot of guys are more than willing to go play in the SEC. By the way, uh, Quinn got it figured out. He left high school early. He got tutelage under Ryan Day. He made a shit ton of NIL money, we assume, and then just went to the place he wanted to go. And so he made money. He goes home. He's going to make more money now, and and, and which is what we're going to talk about. Like, if you're a high school kid – thinking about reclassifying, do this, do exactly this. I mean, he has not played a snap and he's got his second deal. And let's talk transfer portal and everything else. Lane Kiffin today, um, recording this on a Tuesday, by the way, we got national signing day tomorrow. All these feelings are coming up before then, but Lane Kiffin basically calling the transfer portal college football's free agency and players are going to go and paraphrasing where there's the most money. Great. Um, He looked, it was a little bit unlike new and improved Lane Kiffin because he looked almost a little dejected, I thought, in talking about Paige. Like he just didn't look, like Lane gets this. Uh, Lane just got a new contract, by the way. Uh, So I don't necessarily, I don't disagree. He's right. I don't have a problem with it. 
uh, this is shit's been going on anyways. Like, go where they're going to pay you the most. Well, buddy, I got news for you. <laughs> like, it ain't just like, you know, faulty NIL deals that they're going to go where they pay you the most. We've been doing this for quite a while in college football. But I yeah. found it interesting, and I will say the transfer portal is a big goddamn mess. And I kind of love it, but I will say it's hard to follow, and I don't think it's going to end up well for all these kids. No, and I, I'm nervous even for the recruiting classes, too, because – you have guys that are sitting in the transfer portal right now, and tomorrow is early national signing period, and there's you know five star recruits that are gonna, that are going to sign to go to these these places, and then they could have a guy transfer and end up with an exemption and play ahead of them, and they didn't even know. So like it just there are a lot of factors that um, go into all of this, and it's just I understand needing to go other places to do what's best for you. I totally think that kids should be able to go and do that. But I think, like, being able to put your name in the portal and then take it out and see what's happening. Like, I mean, there's even a mess with um, Washington right now. I think literally, like, maybe – did you see it? Like, probably, like, two minutes before we started recording Pen- this. Yes. That uh, uh, um, Michael Penn Jr. Was- is going – yeah, is going to Washington. Um, and- which, would, which would be good for them, by the way. Yes, but the quarterback that came from from Fresno State is no longer committed to Washington now. Yes, he's going back. See to Fresno I, State, which is oh, it's wild, wild west shit. Um, like it, like I wrote this this week. It makes betting difficult. Hainer, uh, that's it makes yes, it makes our jobs difficult. And I think if you're if you're just kind of an everyday fan, you're going to look up next year and it's going to be like, wait a second. Bo Nix is on Nebraska, and I'm saying that because I fucking want it to happen, Paige. I, <laughs> I'm surprised well, you didn't put it in the rundown to talk about Bo Nix. I, I, no, we need to talk about Bo Nix. Um, we're doing it right now. Uh, improv. <laughs> but I, that, like, I put that out on Twitter, and it was like, I mean, that thing went uh, nuts, you know, in terms of just general, like, er- everything. Bo Nix to Nebraska would be amazing. Bo Nix, Scott Frost, Mark Whipple equals question mark. Like, I want it to be great. I really, really want it to be great. But I'm fascinated to see. So, But you've got Bo Nix. You've got Slovis. You've got, obviously, Rattler oh, yeah. being gone. You've got huge – like, Slovis is like a Kenny Pickett. Uh, I, I see him, and I think if he ends up in, this, in a good situation, that's Kenny Pickett. Like, that could be a Kenny Pickett-type season. But it's not going to work out for everybody. Like, that's yeah. the transfer portal. It's not going to work out. It will work out for some. Like, Bo Nix will find a home. Slovis Bo, will find question, a home. Oh, well, not question, more just commentary. I feel like Bo Nix is your new Jim Harbaugh because you were all Team Harbaugh. I, I and totally like, It's going to work out, and now you're like, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, all year long. I, I, I personally I don't see it, but. No, no, I am Team Bo Nix. I, okay, I just like watching him run around like a chicken with his head cut off. It is great entertainment. It's I spastic. want nothing more. But, but like, you know what else would be great, Bo Nix? Ole Miss. Ole Miss and Bo Nix. That is little Lane Kiffin, Bo Nix action. Oh. So I the, I think, the look, I'm all for team players, get paid, get money, do what you will. But there's going to be a cause and effect with all of this. And I don't yes. know what it is. I love the freedom that the players have. But there's going to be some fallout of this. And it's going to be players going to places where promises aren't kept. It's like recruiting promises and recruiting thing 2.0 and with nil it's going to get messy it i don't know how like 
we'll, we'll find out. But there's a lot of deals being done right now based off the financial component, maybe more so than fit. And great, get money. But it's going to be weird, weirder than yeah. normal. I think, I mean, and, but we knew this going into NIL that, like, it's going to take a few years for this to level itself out. Yes. Like, it's going to take, like, a lot. And that's unfortunate for the kids that are going through it right now. But it's going to take you know, a couple years for kids to figure out, okay, yeah, I'm making money, but I'm not playing and I'm not developing as a player. It probably won't end up in the NFL if this is the case, but, and, and fine, I made the money while I could, but like, where's the, the checks and balances? And we've talked about this, like how much is that? Is that a distraction for kids? Now they're so focused on making money that like, I understand that they're adults and they're capable of doing it, but it's going to take a little bit for these kids it's more in time. So like, I will say this recruiting in general, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of very like shiny objects before yes. NIL. There's tons of things like that. That's like, Hey, come here because of this. And now it's just a little bit higher stakes. There's a lot more money involved. There's a lot more decisions involved in terms of, you know, do I go to a smaller school, make them more money there? Or do I go in? Like you will have kids go for the money and go to smaller yes. places. Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, all of those schools will stay the same. Those schools, like, people will still go there. The good talent will still go there, and they're not missing out on anybody. Um, but it's just going to be a weird a weird balance. When BYU awarded all of its walk-ons with a scholarship, courtesy of the restaurant, I think it was walk-ons, the restaurant, right? Yes. I remember getting a, a, a message from uh, a source. I don't – I'm not source guy. But someone very familiar <laughs> with a major program saying, "It, it, you know, this is fitting that BYU is blowing up the entire scholarship model in college football. Like major schools, this is a major school took notice and said, "Holy shit, let's see what we can do now." Right, like that. Yeah. That, and so what I think you're going to have, and there's reports that like people have violated. Like I think even BYU, they're looking into like, "Hey, is that legal?" Um, the dust There's will clear. So many violations. There, I mean, this is gonna, oh, yeah. this is gonna be because they're gonna start to make rules around this. They're going to start yes. to be more things that are implemented to keep this from sort of getting out of hand and, you know, being sort of what we already knew, where there was like money bags, you know, whether they were McDonald yes. bags or duffel bags. Like, it, there's gonna be bags of money, and that's they're just trying to keep up because it's just moving so quickly. And the, also the transferring is moving so quickly. The transfer portal has like sort of, when it first started, I remember everyone was like obsessed with it. Now I'm almost like, oh my gosh, this it's is overwhelming. so overwhelming. I, if I had access to it and was like looking through that as a recruiter, I feel like you would just be like, where do I start? And also like, not to just put this all on the coaches and making promises. Like there are also kids that are looking to see where the best deal is and are making promises. And you have to fill out a roster and make sure you don't have too many people or too little people. Like there's a lot that goes into this. So let's transition to national signing day. But first we need to talk about Brian Kelly's fucking dancing. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, serious dad vibes from Brian Kelly in that recruiting video. Like, I okay. He got ripped on because he's dancing to what was the song? I'm not very country oriented. I don't um, even know. I couldn't even tell you. I was so okay, distracted good. by how bad it was. Okay, so I kind of love that he's just there with this goofy smile, 
like dadding his ass off. Like, that's actually, what it felt I feel like, like that's a disservice to dads. I feel like it was like awkward uncle vibes as opposed to dad vibes. Well, I, I, I think I, I put on Twitter like some, you know, family relative after like four old fashions at Christmas. Like, like he just did not give a damn. Um, and that was funny. It was terrible, but like everything Brian Kelly does, I feel like is just going to be ripped on until he wins yes. a national championship, which he's probably going to do. And then we'll like just kind of embrace Brian Kelly's fake accent, weird ass dancing quirks. Now, <laughs> but National Signing Day, it is tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday night. I have never given less shit about recruiting than I do now. Now, in our world, there's like I'll, Paige, I've done this in radio shows and stuff over the years. People are like, oh, what do you think of so-and-so's class? And it's like, I have no goddamn I, to follow recruiting. Because I don't trust that those kids are going there. Well, that's it. To follow recruiting. Well, when you when you talk to people, like people who cover it, like people like you know, Barton, you know, Simmons and like people who like the, the OGs of this people that I really yeah. trust, but Elliot, who, who I'm really good friends with, like they are living and Humble breathing brag. this every, every, yeah, sorry. It sounded <laughs> weird. Really good friends. <laughs> like, let me tell you how good of friends we are. He'd probably argue like, buddy, we did a podcast five years ago. Fuck off. Um, but they live and breathe recruiting. Like that's the only thing they do. So when you ask them about like a defensive back they're Oh yeah. Him. Yeah. I like him. You know, good ball skills. Seen him at camps here, here, and here. Yeah, I think he's gonna. You know, they think he's gonna go here. He may go here, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> like that's usually my <laughs> response. But it, I think first off, I think the early signing period is going to go away, yes. and I think it might go away next year. I, to me, Paige, it's taken away from the fun. It's taken away from the spectacle, and now with the transfer portal being an absolute disaster, yes. not a bad thing, but just a disaster. Roster management is impossible. So the early signing period we're going to get tomorrow or today or whenever the hell you're listening to this, there's a good chance I think it's the last one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think one, it became, so when it first started, it was like, oh, okay, this is like kind of a big deal. And then it became like, oh, most kids are are going to commit during this, the December one, because they want to, you know, either early enroll, want to get their name in there, everything like that. It's like all of those things. And, like, to your point, like, the transfer portal, basically what happens is when the regular season ends for college football is when transfer portal chaos happens. And there's just not enough time between that happening and when these kids need to make their decision for it to work out. Like, I understand the the nature of why it started, but I think now that the, the college football landscape has completely shifted, like, they have to make some sort of adjustment. This is, like, beyond too much. I didn't like it when the playoff with the playoff, like if you're Nick Saban, you're dealing with this shit pretty much every year that you have to like coach a playoff game in two weeks and also yeah. bring in the number one recruiting class. And he was pretty open about his uh, distaste for it, if you will, but he'll adjust with the rules and dominate. Like that's what he does. So I didn't Classic. like it with just the playoff. The other thing that this has done is like you're firing coaches in like September now. And I'm not saying yeah. like, that's a necessarily like the thing not to do like, Run your program how you want to run your program. But you're seeing a lot of really chaotic movement on the coaching front, which is not going to change. And if you're a kid, like, you know, Lincoln Riley now at USC, are you going to just like that just happened, right? So are you committing to USC now? You might. If you were interested in him in Oklahoma, you're from California, you're probably very interested with him at USC. But I think the sport is so volatile right now from – 
a coaching standpoint and a transfer portal standpoint, everybody that wants to enroll early can still enroll early, right? Mm -hmm. We can go back to the, I, I really think we can go back to the old way of doing this. And yeah. if you want to be there, you could be there. Like Alabama had like dozen, like a dozen early enrollees, just like normal. Like it hasn't necessarily changed. I don't get, I understand why they wanted to do this because it took pressure off the coaches, the, the lingering commitments, you, you know, again, there's there was good reasoning by why to do the early signing period. Either you have to move it way up, which I wouldn't do because of all the volatility, or I'd go back to February or maybe late January. There, there's a middle ground here, Paige, that I don't have all the answers to, but it's not working with the way the sport is currently operating. Well, and there was something so fun about the first Wednesday in February, like being National Signing yeah. Day. Like we know we work for Bleacher Report and like recruiting was such a big deal for us and the like start of college football content at Bleacher Report and commitment videos and oh, all yeah. of those things. And with NIL, I think those things are going to start to come back a little bit. I think we've seen like a little bit of a lull in like commitment videos and the production value. I think it's all going to go up because now guys can make money off of these things. So I, I sort of hope that it goes back to just one day so that we can be really excited about because it is really fun and it's fun to see reactions live on on National Sign Day, but even like now when you have the December one and then you go to, you know, February, it's like, okay, there's like a couple guys that like, that are like big names. But other than that, it stays pretty much, you know, kind of even keel. and isn't really that like flashy and exciting. Some of my favorite memories in this sport was shooting videos for like two or three days straight with Barrett Slee, Michael Felder, our crew in the Bleacher Report studios for National Sign Day. I did give a shit about recruiting back then because I, had to. Um, but I loved it because it was fun and the commitments were kind of organic and real. We started doing the commitment videos. All that is dead. Like the early signing period, there's too much stuff going on in people's lives. There's too much stuff going on in the sport. Like I can't tell you, like even seeing, I, I have to be reminded like, oh my God, that's right. Signing day is this week. Um, and I think that that's not good, by the way, for the sport. Recruiting is still a big deal and it's a fun day for a lot of people in different programs to kind of celebrate their class. It doesn't have the same oomph that it did. Now, real quick on recruiting. I don't want to talk of recruiting a lot because I hate talking recruiting, but I will say, I already said Texas. I like what they're doing. Texas A&M is probably the most interesting team to watch because it feels like A&M is putting together a Georgia Alabama like class, right? Like, if you're looking for a team that has, um, in my opinion, that is going to close the talent gap, and they already have them. That defense was great. They just need to, you know, ultimately figure out what they're going to do offensively, and they've recruited well there. This is the one to watch, in my opinion. And that's pretty much all my, my – that's my hot take on recruiting. I don't know if you have any hot takes on recruiting. I would love to hear your hot takes. Um, I would just say to watch out for Notre Dame too because I think with that coaching hire – that's sort of a big deal to a lot of people and changes the landscape a little bit of people that would have committed to Brian Kelly. Like I think who Marcus Freeman is going to get is going to be a lot. And like I said, we, we heard um, him talk. We heard their offensive coordinator talk about like loyalty and all those things. I think that's going to inspire a lot of guys. Um, and they are going to like what's going on at Notre Dame um, and feel like safe. I know it sounds so strange, but like, I feel like a lot of, what we're going to see in recruiting now is like places where guys like actually feel a little safe just because it's like so, like you said, so volatile right now that um, it's a little nuts. But I would say just look out for Notre Dame too to sort of have um, a big recruiting class this year. 
where's Florida's recruiting class? I'm trying to find it. Oh, boy. Number 79. Florida, Florida right now, right between Toledo and Fresno State on 27, 24-7, <laughs> and right behind East Carolina. Holy Ooh, shit. Just saying. That is I, I, really, I really hurt. Well, and, and look, Napier, like, it's tough, right? He'll be fine. This first class with new coaches is always brutal. It, it just is. But And he kind of already said, like, we don't know if we're going to sign anybody early on which is kind of getting out in front of the fact that nobody wants to sign with you again, totally get it, but they're behind East Carolina and Toledo. Yikes. Well, I mean, their last coach wasn't recruiting, so. Yes. Uh, bad. Okay. Uh, last thing before we get into bowl games, Dan Lanning at Oregon. Um, I think it's fine. Yep. That's it. I think it's fine. Young. I think it's fine. Like, Defensive focus. Um, this is one of those. I, I'm a little surprised, though. I'll say this, Paige. Like, I, I first off, I wanted Chip Kelly back. I think that would have been amazing and hilarious. Um, second, you know, this was a name not necessarily being thrown around. So I'm, I'd be curious what Oregon is doing. And also, like, you got Nike money all over the place. Can't you pay somebody like 13 million dollars a year to just like come in and do this? Is that like is that not the case anymore? Like. I believe they're playing landing like 4.6 million somewhere in there, like a very reasonable rate. I am yeah. surprised that Oregon didn't draw this out a little bit more, maybe target somebody else. Maybe they did. And the answer was no. I think reportedly Justin Wilcox turned it down, which is a little surprising, frankly. Which when I you're find at Cal. very hard to believe mm-hmm. because the situation at Cal has not been great. I mean, this isn't like a no. national storyline, but like the situation at Cal one, there was incredible frustration over COVID stuff in their season just being yes. a hot mess with things, having being in California and having to deal with all of that as well, just the Pac-12 in general and game times and rescheduling and doing all of that stuff. He had and also just like not feeling supported by like Cal in general, I think. Yeah. So I was very shocked that he that that report came out that said that he turned it down. Um, I didn't think the Chip Kelly thing was real. I mean, that would have been so no. obnoxious. And I wouldn't have wanted to listen to Oregon fans talk about that. Um, I, I think it's fine, too. I We talked about this on the last episode. Like, I, partially, it's because, like, Oregon sort of, like, lost its, like, luster, I feel like. So, I I don't know. I, and maybe, I mean, this is silly, but not to say that, like, I mean, Wilcox obviously is still going to have to play him anyway, but Lincoln Riley coming to the conference probably doesn't help the cause. It's um, a good point. So I agree. Uh, yeah, like you said, I thought it was a little surprising, too, because we've heard so many different names thrown out this, like, coaching cycle, which we I feel like we've been talking about since probably week three. Um, but it just seemed like an okay hire. Like, I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be incredibly good. But I also was, like, not, like, overly excited with the Mario Cristobal hire either. I didn't think that – or I just didn't think that Oregon was capable of getting to that next level. Like, I think it's going to take – them sticking with someone, it being a while, and it will eventually work out. Like it'll, the they'll get back to it. But I just think it's not ever going to be what it was with Chip Kelly. It is a really hard place to recruit. And and by the way, that sounds weird. It's beautiful, and the facilities. I'd say the facilities. You know that space age football facility. It's been a while since that opened, so there's a lot of competition now. But it's a beautiful mm-hmm. area. But that's a goddamn flight. Like, even if you're in Southern Cal, 
it's not like the easiest place to get to. And I think that's yeah. always going to be part of Oregon's problem. I mean, I've talked to recruits who say that I love it up there, but like, holy shit, it is, it's up there. Like it's, it's, it's up the grid a little bit, by the way, Mario Cristobal um, speaking Spanish at his press conference. That was, I mean, in light of the Brian Kelly stuff, um, <laughs> that was fantastic. We, it was awesome. Um, I will say also, I just wanted to shout out the person that tweeted us first thing in the morning last week when the episode came out saying that we should drink more often on this show um, oh <laughs> because last week we just went in and I mean, it was a lovely episode, um, but I, I meant to say that at the top of the show, but I just wanted to it shout was, out that um, person who immediately was, gave us that feedback. It was a long episode, which in hindsight made sense. This is number one for me uh, today. It was not number one for me last week. No. Uh, it was and not number one for me either. It was hilarious. Well, it, it also was a nature of us. The best part was that we started the episode and we were like, you know, there's not really that much to talk about this week. We don't really have that much. Let's not. For 130 minutes. Exactly. Yes. It's not going to do it. But I think too, that's like sort of what we're we're trying to do here is just have conversations yeah. about things and like. We very much workshopped a lot of things together, and it was just a funny episode. But shout out to that person who was like, you guys need to drink more often on this show. Well, and also, over the holiday season, um, there will probably be more of that. If that is your kind of episode, the next couple of weeks are very much in it for you. So, today on Bleach Report... I am off when we record. Getting loose? So... Let's do it. I, um, I'm going to have a Bailey's episode at some point. Yes. One so, thing I love Bailey's. One thing I do want to ask you quickly yeah. before we go into to picks and pints. Um, how do you feel about the NFL draft prospects not playing in their bowl games? Because that's sort of a conversation that's starting up again um, that we haven't had the last couple of years. I think most of us agree, okay, like they're going to make their money. But how do you feel about the, the bowl situation? You know, I – I'm fine with it. Like do what you you've done it, get money, whatever your advice is, whatever you can get from agents. Like Matt Corral is a really interesting case, right? Like plain mm-hmm. and simple. Matt Corral may or may not play. He said he was going to play for Ole Miss. He may not play now. I'm curious to see what he does, but you know, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette were like the pioneers of this, right? Oh or at least gosh, in my mind, how they were. mad people were. And it's worked out. Okay. Like it, it's right. it's worked out fine. By the way, Leonard Fournette is incredible now. All of a sudden, with the Bucks, Christian so always I, hurt. I, I think I think everybody yes that, but he's yes he's got his money too. I think it, I think it just depends. I but if if that's what you think is best, like Kenny Pickett, right? We I don't believe I've seen news. We've seen the line move for Michigan State um, Pitt towards Michigan State as if the news somebody knows that Kenny Pickett is out, and obviously that's going to move the line a ton. Good, like good for him if he thinks that's right and he wants to save it for the senior bowl or whatever. I just, I hope people Which, are getting by good the way, advice. Someone did mention to me in a, a meeting actually that uh, Kenny Pickett did commit to doing the senior bowl. The other part of that is they can commit to going to the senior bowl and like practicing and doing the reps and yeah. being there and not actually playing in the bowl game. So that's something that other people I would hope know that like he he's I don't see him not playing in his bowl game than playing in the actual senior bowl game. I mean, he could because it's more of a draft thing and it's like it's less I don't know what the word is. I think it's less dangerous. It's not that it's like yes. soft, but it's it's definitely less dangerous. But like there are tons of players that go and do that process in Mobile and 
um, decide not to actually play in the game on Saturday. But, but, but Corral is a really interesting one too. Like as a talking off point, he's mm-hmm. playing, they're playing Baylor, which is one of the best defenses in college football. And if he goes nuts against Dave Aranda, like that could be more impactful than any workout or any combine. Like, yeah, I think that's a legit showcase. So now there's an injury risk. And if yes. he feels it's too much, then don't play like the injury. Like I think Jalen Smith's injury against Ohio state changed the conversation entirely. I I really do. So if, if they don't, if that is too much for them, then it really is an individual decision, but getting mad is so freaking dumb. Just let them do what they do. And it's not quitting on your team. It's not quitting on the program. It's not quitting on a coach. Like (laughs) you've got kids, you've got kids that are like this close to wealth, like massive wealth, like, Life-altering, family-altering wealth. I just hope the advice they're getting is fair and legitimate to their needs, right? That, that's my yeah. whole thing when it comes to this. Yeah, it's definitely strange. I, I mean, I have no problem with guys sitting out if they feel like they need to. I mean, clearly it changes, and that's what we've talked about. It changes the like nature of gambling on yeah. this stuff. It makes it exciting and fun, and I get it. But, yeah, getting mad online about people sitting out and making these decisions really is just L- losers. Like, losers. I just don't even. I can't stand people that are like the loyalty and the whatever. I'm like, you realize this is a game. Like, yes. also remind me that I said this at some point in the next, I don't know, six months when Arizona basketball is losing and somebody says it's just a game to me. I'm gonna lose. They're going to lose their head. How so, dare you? Yeah. How dare yes. you say that? It's not just a game. It means more to me. But still, I go in waves with it's just a game. Sometimes I'm in on it. Sometimes I'm out on it. But right now, currently, I'm like, it's just a game. It's a bowl game. It should be an exhibition game. It doesn't even count towards anything unless you're playing in the playoff. Like, yes. let it go. I guess, like, okay. for some purposes, people will argue they'll like group of five, power five things. But whatever. Whatever. We're all right. All right. So I have to ask. Your, your yes. favorite, like, before we get into this week's bowls, I wrote about it this week. Favorite non-playoff bowl game. To me, it's the Rose Bowl. Um, I put in my uh, my my story. It's one of the best HD experience. I sound like an old, but it's one of the best HD experiences to date. Right? The Masters and the Rose Bowl, the, the visuals are always spectacular. In Ohio State, Utah, and we'll see who plays for Ohio State, by the way. Um, I just think that's a real, like, from a motivation standpoint for Ohio State. And Utah, like, wants to punch somebody in the face. They did it to Oregon twice, and this is a similar style that they faced, Ohio State faced against Michigan, and they just, they, they said uncle. So I'm curious to see if Utah can do it again, and I can tell you right now, I really like Utah in this game because I know they're going to be ready for it. So before we get into the other bowls, and we'll break these down, by the way, every week. Whatever's on the docket, we will be picking from, and we'll start as the, the bowls ramp up. We'll start breaking them down game by game if we know who the hell is playing. But is there a bowl game that you really are excited about? So I will say two things here. The first is that it depends on what you mean excited about. So last year – There was this bowl called the Duke's Mayo Bowl, okay? And we all sat in anticipation waiting for Mayo to be thrown on the winning coach. Which, if you obviously you watch bowls, you know there's always the bath for the potato bowls, the potatoes, like the fries or whatever. And every time there's like the Cheez-It Bowl, all of those things. We waited and it was literally like white water. And this year... 
when they made the announcement about the game, they said that there will, like, whoever pours mayo on their coach will get something. I forget what it was that he, like, offered up or whatever. It's like, I think uh, it's like 10,000, it's like a mayo bounty. I put mayo bounty and the Twitter feed responded to me. I don't know, I don't know. Mayo bounty? That's hilarious. I don't think they like the word bounty. No. All right. Well, we're a little but, sensitive uh, these days. Yeah. Um, whatever. But. That I'm most looking forward to in terms of, like, the theatrics and craziness of bullness is just, like, the Duke Mayo's Bowl. Like, I cannot wait. Like, I will be watching on pins and needles to see, like, somebody just get tossed with mayo. Like, I cannot wait. By the, by the way, if you're a coach in this game, if I'm coaching in this game, throw mayo on me. For ten grand. i am going to go viral. I'm going to have fun. I hate mayo, by the way. But you, I'm gonna I was have just going to ask, do you like mayo? I love mayo. Oh, no. Like, it would be grotesque. But you know what? 10 grand for charity, like, I'll do yeah. a lot of weird shit, okay? That's... Throw some mail on me, and, like, yes, take Adam that out. Adam would do a lot of weirder shit for less money. For for charity, for charity, to be clear. 10 grand for charity, I will do a lot of weird shit, including getting a tub of mayo on my head. Um, Let me answer the question, and then I just thought of something else. So you just opened a can of worms, um, oh, or a can of mayo. Um, a jar of mayo, I should say. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the cheese it Bowl. Um, because it's the, the, <laughs> the bowl of the underachievers. Like, Iowa State and Clemson both were supposed to be really good this year still, and they just weren't. They were just like, meh, okay. So I feel like yes. each of them have something to prove if they can beat the other. Like, I feel like that would be, like, a quality win. Um, but I'm looking forward to the cheese Bowl, and it's always a weird game. Um, shout out TCU and Cal, I think, was the, the one that, like, got super weird. It was, like, super... Um, low scoring and a lot of turnovers, everything. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the cheese bowl. Obviously I'm looking to the, the new year six games. That's great because it's quality, very high quality games. Cause we've had a lot of good teams this year. It's not really super top heavy like it was before, but, um, now I am thinking that we should make a bet on bowl picks. So whoever wins, like we'll do a tally between you and I. And okay. I think it needs to involve mayo. No. Um, okay. I don't want to no. eat it. But I you will pour it, it on my I'll pour it on my head. You will pour mayonnaise on your head. Would you pour mayonnaise on your head? Uh honestly for this podcast, probably yes. See? Content. All right. I would so, I would probably do it. We could yeah, we could somehow figure out a way for it to be like people to give donations for us to to give yes. it to charity at some point. I, we'll I'm we'll workshop this idea. If you have ideas, please send us a DM or tweet us and tell us. But it oh, will be God. someone pouring mayo on their head. Jesus Christ, that sounds awful. I said I would do it for ten grand, but like the logistics. Do it like for the, the pod. Like, That's what this oh, is I'll about. Do, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for the pod. But it's just. We gotta we gotta work through the logistics. I'm gonna be right. taking my locks way more. Se- not that I don't take them seriously, okay. but now it's no, a no, no. Bit higher risk. I was gonna say this. I was gonna say the same thing. So let's <laughs> let's get to it. We got picks and pints. Um, so we got five games. What are you drinking? Some... Oh, I'm sorry. That's are true. You a, what are you a rookie? Like, this is your first I finished episode? it like 20, 20 minutes ago, and I think this may be a repeat, but it is a noon whistle hot prism blue uh, pale ale. This was what was in the fridge. I said I have some delights coming. I think it's going to be a Bailey's week next week. I think it's, I mean, I probably could polish off a bottle of Bailey's. And that would, I mean, good for content, bad for content. Who could tell? 
We can Again, do Bailey's. I love Bailey's. People like so it. So let's do Bailey's. Yes. So yes. So picks and pints. Sorry, I finished it like 20 minutes ago. So it's been sitting on my desk. Now, I think we have some similar shit this week. Yes, and, we do. And I struggled because I just turned in my locks of the week. And I didn't know which games to pick in because I think even you like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but you like a game that I didn't feature in my five, which is good for content. So yes, we both have takes in this game. I need to make sure I get the bowl games right, even though I hate reading them. But App State, the yes, it's like the, you know, who gives a shit Frisco Bowl. Um, hold on, sponsors. I'm here for you. But App State, <laughs> Western Kentucky, I like the over 67 and a half. Did you see Western... what it is called? Oh, hold it's on. I'm pulling roof... it up right now. The roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Shout out to you, roofclaim.com. Sponsor the pod. Um, good, good on you. So, Western Kentucky offense, really good, moves really fast. They lost their OC to Texas Tech. I don't care. They still have a quarterback that threw for a bazillion yards and a bazillion touchdowns, and their defense, because they play so fast, is really bad. I think it's going to be a really fun game, actually. I yes. think it's going to be a really fun game. Give me the over here. What do you like in this game? I'm taking App State minus three. I also – so I might add them to my my gambling, like, rules. Like, I never bet against them. Like, if I if I don't want to bet them, I will I will pick that game. Um, They're tough. Like, they're very, very tough. Like, I'm – Yeah. I, and, by the way, App State, I, I lean in this game as well. All right. The Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl – I, I, it's what it is. UAB uh, versus BYU. I love BYU. Um, and I think you do too, right? Let's just. Yes. Minus seven. I'm okay. Now BYU is going to lose or it will be a close game. I wish BYU was playing a legitimate power five team. I love UAB. Bill Clark's my guy. Awesome story. Consistent. Everything else. I I mean, like, BYU beat the entire Pac-12 this year. I would have loved to see them get a crack at, like, a bigger opponent. That was just, like, someone called for. I know, but I'm sorry. Yeah, you look stunned. I thought either my video went out or you were really (laughs) mad. It was one of the other. I wasn't really Um, mad. I just don't – what bothers me is that BYU fans were claiming they were Pac-12 champs, and I was like, look, you're not here. You don't get to be here. Buddy, stay out. Get out. Bye. Fair enough. Uh, um, you're on BYU as well. Sorry. Yes. I didn't mean to set off. I'm a... picking them, but now I'm regretting it. I'm just kidding. Because of the comment? Yes, that's fair. I'm just kidding. Um All right. So we're on we the, we're on the same we're on the same game here. Sandy hold on. I gotta read the uh sponsored bowl game. San Diego State, um, who lost by about a million points. Versus UTSA. Now, this game is a great deal of fun. Jesus, some of these bowl names are absolutely Why can't terrible. I find that one. Hold on. There it is. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. <laughs> we need to sponsor a bowl game. The no puns allowed. Oh, my God. And you're literally not allowed to punt. <gasps> I mean, I know that makes it sad for, for you because you love punting, and Iowa could never be in that yes. game. But. No, but we no, should pick no the t- why it was allowed. What we should do is the teams that um, punted the least get to get the opportunity to play in this bowl game, whether they have six I, wins or not. You just get to play. 
All right. I kind of love that. And it's going to be actually really good teams, I would imagine. Uh, not Iowa. Yes. But um, San Diego State was horrendous. Horrendous the championship game against Utah State. Offense, defense, all of it. I've been betting against UTSA a lot. Not on purpose. It just feels that way. I just think San Diego State is better. Slim down Brady Hoke is looking great. I think punt God, all of it, it comes back together. And you're on the same page here. Yep, we got the same picks. Here we are. It's hard because, too, you like, I don't want to go against like what I actually believe just to make these different. So that's to be fair. It just means that we're very yeah. confident in these picks, which means they're going to which be is good. which is rare. We have not had it normally. I feel like we're going up like head to head. We have another one here with Marshall versus Louisiana in the who gives a shit dot gamble. Now, let's see. What is it? Hold on. Jesus, oh. the names are, are so long that you can't Did you even... find it? No, Jimmy Kimmel has a ball. Yeah, um, that, hey, that's mine. What? It's the that's, R&L, okay. R&L Carriers. Okay, iconic. New Orleans classic bowl. bowl. Yeah, classic bowl sponsor. Yes, Louisiana is basically at home. Don't care. I like Marshall plus five. Same. Marshall is good. Marshall, Marshall played, is good. They, they lost three games early. We stopped caring about Marshall. I still think – I thought it would be an issue against App State, Louisiana, in the championship game, and they, they still won. A little on tilt about it. By the way, I need to – I mean, I talked about it, I think, last week. I can't remember. But my picks in conference championship week, I'm still hearing from people on Twitter about how <laughs> terrible they are. I mean, they were they were so bad. So this week to me is kind of important. Like, I did not win a bet. In, I mean, in I was like, oh, for eight. Yeah. I mean, and people are still telling me, like, nice picks, asshole. Like, fair enough. Like, fair you're enough. not wrong, buddy. But uh, I need a winning week to get these people off my back. All right. Last one. We have two different bowl games. And your pick, I had locks, which was Oregon State over Utah State. Hold on. In the Wait Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. That is the one that you have. That's so funny. Uh, I like. Oregon State is good, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. They're well, fun. They're good. They're all right, but I mean, I would, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to regret this. I feel like this is maybe a homer pick, and I always say that I stay away from like Pac-12 oh, games like this. And I know it's Utah State, and they looked pretty good, so I don't know. But I'm, I'm thinking that Oregon State's going to have the upper hand here. And I am going to lock in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and I'll talk about that in a sec. Kent State plus three versus Wyoming. Uh, Kent State offensively is a much better team than Wyoming. I bet on Wyoming like four times this year. Every time I watched them, it was just painful. Kent State can score. They're bad in the MAC twelve. Uh, in the MAC twelve, in the MAC championship <laughs> game, almost going to do a Libertyville. And um, let's talk real quick. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl mascot. You ever seen this guy? Yes. A giant potato with gloves. Yes. Like kind of terrifying right i mean there are a lot of very terrifying things um in terms of mascots and that one is particularly um interesting what's funny is about this bowl is my mom's like has there always been a potato bowl i'm like mom it's like one of the more like it's literally the famous idaho potato bowl it's famous um I'm i'm laughing to myself because i remember a couple years ago it was the weather was shitty and it's raining and there was someone holding an umbrella over the giant potato so he wouldn't get wet. 
And I'm just thinking <laughs> that person hates I, their life. <laughs> please come on the podcast and tell us about that experience. Like that is in the history of college football. <laughs> Maybe the worst. Did they have like a rain jacket on and just like an um, or an umbrella themselves? No, or they it, just holding it's, a... he should be shirtless, just standing there over a giant potato. No, it just looked awful. But I remember that. Just keeping the potato dry is a big job. So to that person, we appreciate you. Um, I mean, I'm really excited about the no puns allowed bowl to tap pod. Oh, that, the pod in the bowl. Is... Now, now, now we need uh, a little bit of sponsors. Help us out. To get actually a town uh, near me sponsored a bowl game last year, which was completely random. A Chicago suburb sponsored bowl. If they can do it, if you I want like to our, sponsor our pod this podcast it. and a bowl in the future, because we will absolutely look to see who has punted the least, then we're going to get we Alabama. Wanna... I'm so excited. <laughs> do we want to do that real quick? I feel yeah, like I'm look... obligated now. Hold on. To look. Hold on. Oh who boy, there's a lot of no pressure. Punts allowed. Punting. Okay, coming at you. The leader in punts this year. <laughs> Iowa's in the top five. Um, <laughs> New, New Mexico, Connecticut, San Diego State, Iowa, which is amazing. Um, but our two teams, one of them is very fittingly yours, Oregon State and Ohio State. Wait, that would be I'm, so fun. Actually, Western Kentucky is tied with Oregon State. So Western Kentucky, Oregon State will do a play-in game versus <laughs> Ohio State. Um, that wow. would be fun. Or, so I'm, I'm in for that. I love this. The no punts allowed bowl. Who says no? And, and you actually can't punt? You literally can't punt. It's against And our the grand marshal will be the high school coach that never punts. Yes. In fact, let him just call plays for both teams. Who cares? I mean, there are no rules. Um, all right. So um, we've got more bowls coming next week. We've got probably some holiday. I think we should do some holiday yes. specific holiday content. content. I, I don't know what it is. Bailey's. It's going to be a Bailey's pod. Yes, that could get ugly. Sponsored by Bailey's. I'll call them. Uh, good luck in Park City. That is... Uh, what is what is the expected hangover level going to be on what is it Sunday? Is it are we I looking mean, at a situation? Well, I have yes, but good news is there's brunch planned for Sunday, so it'll just like roll into the flight slash come home and go to sleep. Um, oh. The thing that I'm most worried about is the uh, well. First of all, I just looked it up on my phone and it says winter storm warning. Um, yep. It is going to be let's see, it's going to snow tomorrow one night or. Thursday, the lows are 10 degrees, 12 degrees, and 7 degrees. Um, the high the that went on there is 30. So, I mean, if you are listening to this podcast, you know I'm from California, lived in Arizona. So, um, it's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. But hangover-wise, probably going to be pretty intense. Um, it's not a huge group, but it's a big enough group that it's going to cause some damage, I think. Um and there's not much to do. Well, we are going tubing one day, which is going to be interesting also. I've done, I've um, done that in Park City. It's fun. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Did you uh, go to like the like park? Oh, or? Yes. My uh, good friend of mine lived right across the street. We we could see like the slalom hill from his backyard. It was. Uh, That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Yes. I did a BYU story. I would drive 
when I did a BYU Taysom Hill story, I remember I stayed with him, drove the, to Provo, came back, and you know, terrible hangover, etc. That's why I asked. Yes. But it's a good place to have a good time, especially actually snow there is fun. They know how to yes. handle snow. Like snow is yes. good there. Everything is so, like shoveled and plowed, and ever we're all oh good. yes. Pros, so we're if you it will. should it should be really fun. I'm excited. All right, we'll have fun. Um, I will be watching bowls, wrapping presents, getting a, a head start on the Baileys. That's for sure. And then, um, yes, we got more we got more games to break down. We got playoff games to get into. We'll do some National Signing Day recap if there's anything yes. worth recapping. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.